<laughs> April Fool's Day. It's, it's kind of significant to me that Easter falls on April Fool's Day. <laughs> you know, Jesus dies and looks like sin gets the last word, April Fool. Uh, certainly looked like death got the last word. Here he was, you know, he was, he was supposed to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. He was the Messiah. He was going to be the Savior of Israel, but, but they killed him and he died. Um, but he didn't stay dead, April Fool. Um, the Sadducees certainly thought he would stay dead because they didn't believe in a resurrection, but the stone was rolled away and the grave was empty. So April Fool on you Sadducees that are all sad, you see, you know. And uh, then there was the ladies that went to go and finish the burial process and on Sunday morning and they found the tomb empty and the angel said, April Fool. <laughs> He's not here. He's risen. We know that's what we're celebrating today. And, and, and uh, you know, we're we saying everything's going to be all right. We know the resurrection is the hope for everybody. That's what, that's what people, uh, Christians, look at mostly, is that there's that the hope of the resurrection. And, and even looking at this, 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 this body um, being changed. Um, but I say, if you want to live forever, then live today. <laughs> Don't start your forever somewhere in the future. And this resurrection has something, uh, has, resurre has power for us today. I mean, it, it, that's what the whole thing was about. If it was all just about over yonder, if it was all just about another dispensation or another sweet by and by only, um, then, then God should have saved you and killed you and taken you straight there. But he left us in this world that seems so ugly, so unfair, so dirty, so evil, temptation is strong. Pain is real. But he gave us his resurrection. I want to look at that this morning. And I, want to, I want to help us with something. And I want to, I'm going to push this along because I've, I've got a little bit of a mouthful to say here. Um, but I want to teach and preach. I want to inform and inspire. So if you'll go with me to Romans 4, I want to read uh, a couple of verses here and start there. And look at the power of this resurrection in the now. And, and the way we're going to do this is we're going to look at it, you know, just, just biblically and almost the, theologically and see what really happened there. What happened between it's Friday and Sunday? <laughs> and th this is what happened in between those two is really the power of that resurrection for us in the now. And so we see it here in Romans chapter 4, and I want to start in verse 21 just to give it some context because it's hard to jump in in the middle of, of the thought here. But he's talking about Abraham who believed God when he promised that he could have a son. And verse 21 says, And being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Say righteousness. Right. Righteousness. Now, it wasn't just written for his sake alone, that it was accounted or imputed to him, but it was also for us. It shall be imputed or accounted to us who believe in him. Now, this, now you'll, you'll see in this, you can't read the New Testament without knowing that faith is, is the empowerment. Faith is, is, is important. It's simply believing. Now, I can't do everything perfect. People can out-pray me. People can out-preach me. People can out-do good me. People can out-give me. People can out-all kinds of things me. <laughs> but... One thing that we can all do is we, if we see the truth is we can believe. We can simply believe and that righteousness is accounted to us. And we're believing 
in something that was done, believing that God is real and believing that this gospel story that we've heard, we believe in it and we believe in this resurrection. We believe that that tomb was found empty. We believe that Jesus raised from the dead. We believe he shed his blood for our sins. We believe he tasted death for everyone. We believe this, this story. And it says, those of us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Watch this, verse 25. Who was delivered up. What's your Bible say? Okay, most of your Bibles will say delivered up for our offenses. Delivered up over death for our sins. Okay, now, uh, let me spend, take just a second here to, to, to show you something. Uh, my Bible says it's the New King James that I use, and the New American Standard will say this. It'll say, he was delivered up because of our offenses. But let me read it the way that most traditional Bibles uh, word this. It says, he was delivered up for our offenses, and he was raised for our justification. Now, I always have liked that. He was raised. That means this resurrection that happened. According to what it's saying here, that he was raised for our justification. Okay, so I'm reading this, and for years I just couldn't quite make a connection. Because I thought, uh, okay, I know the blood was shed for the remission of my sins. I know that he tasted death for every man, descending into the lower parts of the earth. He was buried in death as, as I was in death. I can see that relation there. And it says he was raised for our justification. The, the connection I couldn't make was, how did the raising justify us? If he was raised for our justification, if the reason that he was raised from the dead is so that we could be justified, I just couldn't make that connection. I, and I couldn't find it in the Bible. I could see where the Bible explains so much about the shedding of blood. The power of the blood. I can see where it talks about Jesus being that spotless lamb, the final sacrifice. He explains so much, especially all through Hebrews. Paul explains all these things about the blood, about the body, the sacrifice, about the, the death and, and tasting death for us and all these things. And then it makes this statement that he was raised for our justification. And I can't find any explanation as to how the raising justified us. Are, are y'all following me? Uh, half of, one half of one person. And I just kind of wanted to know, why did the raising, why was that the act that justified us? Well, then over time, in, in, in reading, I realized that, that we misunderstood the translating here because it's written in Old English. If you've got a King James Bible or, or most translations that were patterned after that, It'll say raised for our justification. Now, the word for is a Greek word, dia, D-I-A, and it means, um, uh, I'm, trying to think of, I'm trying to word it exactly how it says, but actually it, it's, it's the, the channel of change or the, act, the, 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 the channel by which the change comes, the channel by which an act is done. And in other words, it's, it's correctly rendered, just like the way my Bible says it, he was raised not for ju our justification, or he wasn't raised to justify us. He was raised because of our justification. That's the word dia. But the reason it said for is because it was written in Old English, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, 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 it's like saying, you know, you've heard the saying, I can't win for losing. 
Well, you're not winning. You, you, it's not that you can't win in order to lose. It's that you can't win because of losing. In older English language, they would say, I can't sleep for all the noise. And so it's not like you can't sleep to make the noise. <laughs> you can't sleep because of the noise. And so it's correctly rendered. And when it's, when it's written in an American understanding, it's correctly written that he was raised because of our justification. In other words, the justification had happened, and because of our justification, he, came from, he, he, he rose from the dead. Now, in other words, the justification happened with the work that he did before that resurrection happened. And I'll show you why um, that's, that's important to us. If you go over to chapter 5, of Romans, we see the power. Now, let me say it this way. Because your justification was complete, because your righteousness was, was, was made complete, because of the blood of Jesus that we sang about today, I loved that. We know the Bible says something about the blood of Jesus. You know, the church used to always sing about the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Then we got into other aspects of this thing because there was more than just the blood of Jesus that was explained there. But it seems like people left that and forgot about the power of that, that shed blood for the remission of sins. And then now there's people getting into some goofy kind of stuff to where the blood's not even important and it's not necessary and, and it wasn't necessary and, and, and it just... Leaving the basic principles of what of this simple gospel message that Jesus shed his blood for us, that Jesus died. And because of all that work that all that that, that he did there, all the suffering of death that he experienced, and the Bible is clear it was on our behalf that he that the justification came, the resurrection was not only the sign, the symbol that man was now justified but it actually was the demonstration of power and, 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 and the uplifting of man because of that justification, because we were raised with him. We were justified and raised with him. The justification allowed us to be risen with him. Now hang with me because this is very important to us in the now. I want to I teach this really from Romans because it's just chock full of the explanation of the power of this resurrection. Because... Resurrection is something that is very, very present tense, not future tense. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. People struggle with understanding this or believing in that resurrection in them now. Because one thing, they're, looking, looking, they're pushing it off into a future thing. And if you'll study the Bible just a little bit, read, read chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Romans, which we can't do all of that, but we'll look at some of these verses. Is, is you, you look at that and you'll see that that power is a now power that lives in us. And, you know, this was something that I had been moving to for many years. And then, you know, a number of years ago when my, my first wife of 33 years, Teresa, died... After that, you know, as I was going through that whole thing and getting with God, he spoke one powerful word to me. Resurrection. I wrote a book from that whole experience of that loss and that uprising, that rising up again. And I called it resurrection. And one of the things that happened was I, I realized 
completely without any shadow, without any veil. I saw resurrection was for and in the now. And I sealed the deal in my mind once and for all. Now I had been moving toward this and I had experienced a great deal of it, but I sealed the deal once and for all in my mind that I was not going to wait to live in eternity, that every breath that I take from now through eternity, I will live in resurrection. I will live in life. I will live in the power and the goodness and the joy, the love of God. I will be loved by God every moment of every day. I will, I will be in love with mankind every minute of every day. I will not have time to fuss and fight. I will not have time, I will not take any time to be angry at anybody. I will not have time to be worried or stressed about anything. I sealed the deal in my mind. I was going to live every moment in this resurrection life because I have been, the work has been finished. Come on. And I'm not waiting for this Christ to come. He came. He came. He did this work. And this is what we're celebrating today. He, 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 he died on that cross, said it's finished. He finished that whole death, the labor, that travail. He, he tasted death for every single man. He rose from the dead once for all. Oh my goodness, I've got to hurry. <laughs> you hearing this? But it sealed it in my mind. When you get it sealed in your mind that you're not waiting, you're not trying to get there. Try, let, me, let me just put an end to that. Trying to get there will never get you there. You won't get there. You will chase a carrot on a stick. This resurrection sealed it for us. This resurrection said the justification is complete. Take that carrot on the string and put it in your mouth. (laughs) It is done. Hmm? But it's knowing. Paul said in Romans 6, knowing this, knowing this, reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God. Present yourselves as those who are alive from the dead. You get that sealed in your, in, in, in your heart and in your mind. You wake up today alive from the dead, not trying to find life, not trying to get life, not trying to attain life. Somebody attained it for us. That's what we celebrate here today. Woo, come on. Oh, my goodness. Romans chapter 5, look at verse 12. We'll look at just a, skip, a, skip it just a few verses here. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death came by sin... Death came by sin. Death came because of the sin. Death didn't cause the sin. The sin is what caused the death. Without the whole issue of sin, there's no death. What's the law that we got delivered from? According to Romans 8, 1, the law of sin and death. Death came through sin, and thus death spread to all men. Boy, we needed a resurrection, didn't we? Because we were dead. In trespasses and sins, death spread to all men because all sinned. Going down to verse 16. But the gift, what Jesus gave, is not like that which came through the one who sinned, because the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. He was raised because of our justification. The gift, the sacrifice of Jesus resulted in our justification. Justification means acquittal. That's why I can say I will never, ever be punished for my sin because Isaiah 53 says that God laid upon him, upon him, upon him, the chastisement, the punishment for us all. 
Now, now let me let me let me explain something here too, because some of the stuff that you hear nowadays. What we see, we can't look at this resurrection without realizing the power of of what happened Friday, Saturday, and then up to Sunday. People have told me, say, no, 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 no. God didn't, God didn't, 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 didn't kill Jesus on the, on, on the cross. He would be a child abuser, somebody said. And these are like people that say they're Christians. No, he would be, he, he, didn't, he, he, he didn't need some kind of human sacrifice like the pagans. No, it was man that killed him. No, not the father. It was, it was man. See, man just took it upon himself and he, and he, and, and he got his own anger out on God. And he did all, on, 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 and, but, but all he did was just kind of just showed us how he could take it. Well, what they're missing is this. Romans, I mean, 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was in Christ. John chapter, chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning was him, the word. See, what they're doing is they're separating God and Christ, the Father and Son, in their minds. And Jesus said, we're one. You've seen the Father. If you want to see the Father, look at me. So it's not like you had a God over here who was being mean to a a son over here. God was in Christ. They were were one. The Father and Son. it It was God became man that died on that cross. It wasn't the father abusing somebody. It wasn't the father demanding a human sacrifice. It was, the, it was God sacrificing, offering, giving himself freely. Hmm? Because God so loved the world. Because man needed to be acquitted of this sin that brought the death. Take care of the sin, get him justified, then the life can happen. That's why he was raised, because of our justification. Once we got the justification by his sacrifice, the resurrection could happen for him and for all. He became the first begotten, not the only begotten, the first among many. So if he's alive, we're alive. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there's so much. Take the time sometime. Read Romans 4, 5, and 6. Where he says, even as he was raised, as he was raised from the dead, even so, King James says, we should also walk in newness of life. That sounds almost like a command. It's like, like, come on, guys, you should. You don't, but you should. But that, but, but that's not what it said. That word should is not in there. We got It's not hard to study our Bibles here. What it says, as he was raised from the dead, even us walk in, we even also walk in newness of life. The matter is, are we like Abraham? Do we believe it? Do we know it? That's why the reason, this is why we come to church and hear the word of God. We get taught the Bible. We hear the, we get, we get inspired by the preaching. We pray. We talk to God. We listen to the music. We, 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 we meditate on the, on the truth, on the things of God because this truth makes us free. Look at verse, um, 18. Therefore, through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men. Resulting in, there's that word again, justification. Justification of life or justification unto life. And I'll show you that. Are are y'all seeing this? This justification was the important key in the resurrection happening. The work had to be done. The justification had to work. And because it worked, because man was justified by that sacrifice, Jesus... Having become the son of man, representing man, 
dying on that cross, descending into the lower parts of the earth, Jesus has justified mankind, and he was the first one to come out of the grave. The first begotten among many. If he was alive, if he lives, if he's resurrected today, then so are you and I. Right now. Woo! Now ultimately, you see the body, the world, but don't worry about that. That all follows. Live today. Be resurrected today. Don't try to resurrect your body. Don't try to get, get somewhere later on. Live today and you're walking the path that leads you to the rest. Mm. Verse, um, okay, resulting in justification of life. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many would be made righteous. That's justification. I'm, I'm going to show you something. Verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness unto eternal life. The righteousness or the justification led to the eternal life. Because we were justified, Jesus could come out of that grave. Had we never been completely justified, have we, had we never been made completely righteous, Jesus stays in that grave. It, was a, it would have been a failure. But because we were made righteous, Jesus came out of that grave. And that's the announcement that we herald all over the world today, that the stone was rolled away. Jesus lives today. And because of all of that, we declare that all of us have been made righteous, justified, acquitted of all sin, past, present, and future. Sin is not the issue anymore. Righteousness is the issue justification is the issue. When they say, well, what about sin? Don't you, don't you care about sin? My goodness, we all hate sin. But, but, but let's look at the justification. Let's look at the righteousness. Just hating sin's not enough. Believing in this justification without works is what's enough. Look at verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews 9 verse 25. <clears throat> Speaking of Jesus becoming our high priest. We're talking about, and it says in verse 25, not that Jesus should offer himself many times like the high priest enters the holy place every year with the blood of another. Because then he would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once... At the end of the age, your Bible might say world. Another mistranslation. This is where people start getting these ideas about the end of the world, like the end of planet Earth and the end of all physical creation and all that. That word is the age. He says now. See, this is another one. Didn't you ever have a problem with that? Now, at the end of the, of, of the world or even at the end of the age, it was like, well, that was 2,000 years ago. How could Paul say now at the end? Because it's still been going on. <laughs> How, how long is now? <laughs> but, 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 but that word is the age. And Jesus brought the end of the age. All the, the Jews knew this. They were looking forward to the end of the age and the beginning of the messianic age or the messianic rule. Yeah. That's why they asked him, what will be the sign of the end of the age? And he told them all those things, predicting the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple and all those things. And, 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 and all that happened in that generation that he spoke of. 
And, uh, and so he came in and he ended that age. Many Jews still don't know. Many people still don't know that today, but he did. And the Messiah did come to rule. The Bible is very clear. He rules and reigns right here, right here today, right here in this house, right here in your life, right here in your heart. And he rules over a world that still has much tribulation in it. But he said, be of good cheer. I've already overcome it. So he rules now in that. And those who, who, have, 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 who he has imputed righteousness to us, it says, so we also reign in life by that one, Christ Jesus. It says, so he appeared to, oh my goodness. It says, but now once at the end of the age, he has appeared, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Watch this, you're going to like this. Many people think when they look toward the second coming, that it's then when he's going to finally annihilate sin. That's when he's going to do something about all that sin. He's going to come, he's going to wipe it all out, and everything's going to be beautiful and heavenly, and he's going to rule and reign that way. But read the Bible. (laughs) He says, now, at the end of the age, he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He came and he did it then. Watch. And as it is appointed for men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Say judgment. Now, so... So the appointment, you know, God said, you eat of that fruit, you'll die. So it's appointed a man once to die. And after that, the judgment. (laughs) What did Jesus do on the cross? He died. The judgment was made. When he went to that cross, he says, now is the judgment of this world. Hmm. Sound like such an ugly word, but for us, it was a beautiful world because he bore that judgment. Hmm. He laid upon him the iniquity of us all. (laughs) The judgment has been made. You've been judged and you've been judged righteous. You've been judged acquitted. Oh, my goodness. Enjoy it. He says, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once. How many times was it appointed to man to die? How many times did Jesus die? (laughs) Once. (laughs) Once. To bear the sins of many. And to those who eagerly wait for him. Watch this. Those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time. Without sin for salvation. Or it says apart from sin. He's not coming for the sin the second time. He came for the sin the first time. He's not going to judge sin the second time. He judged sin the first time. Oh my goodness, get that. (laughs) I mean, the Bible says it over and over again. My goodness. Let's finish this up. Go to Isaiah 53. Beautiful prophetic scripture that many of you are familiar with. Isaiah 53. I love this picture here. What happened between Friday and Sunday? The judgment. What happened between Friday and Sunday? The judgment, the gavel came down, and with that gavel coming down came the acquittal. You've watched trials. Maybe you've even watched them on TV, movies, or something like that, or you've seen them in real life. You know, you watch the the famous, the OJ trial. You know, you watch, and and you get to this moment, and finally, finally, we're going to hear the judgment. We've been hearing all this stuff all this time. Finally, it comes down. The jury's going to speak. We're finally going to hear the verdict. What happened between Friday and Sunday? The verdict. 
God's verdict upon mankind. Jesus was in the grave. (laughs) What's going to happen now? (laughs) The verdict came. When that tomb was empty, we heard the verdict. Justification, righteous, acquitted. 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 And now that we're acquitted, risen with him. Before I read Isaiah 53, I want to I I go to um, excuse me, Romans chapter 8. I've I got to show you this. and Watch this. In fact, I might just finish right here. Romans chapter 8, verse 30. This is where we'll wrap it up. In fact, look at verse 29. For whom God did foreknow. He knew you before he formed you, didn't he? He also did predestinate to be conformed to his image. This was always the purpose, the plan, the heart of God. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. He was always going to do this. He was always going. Mm. So that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. He's not the only resurrected one today. He's not the only one alive from the dead today. Reckon yourself to be that you died with Christ and now you're alive with him. Somebody said, but it, it, does that really work? Those, those kind of mind games, just kind, of, just kind of fooling yourself that way. When you know this is truth, once you get it settled in your mind, once it, you, this deal is sealed, everything changes. Ooh. Then you start representing glory. And then you say, so, <laughs> this, I hate this dumb question, but you've got to address it. So if, if, if everything's forgiven, if everything's acquitted, what's going to stop people from just living in some of the ugliest, evil, most worst sin? I'm like... How about the fact that they believe they're righteous? How about the fact that they believe that God loves them, that, that God is with them, that they walk with God and God cares? How about the fact that they found the joy of knowing God and living in the spirit and having this abundant life? And, and who wants to taste that and go back into sin? I don't need the pressure of punishment because that's what we're taking away here. I don't need the pressure of punishment to stop me from sin. In fact, that has not been very effective for thousands of years. But justification was the plan. He predestinated. Watch this. And whom he did predestinate. Excuse me. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate. Those he also called. And whom he called, those he justified. Y'all see this? That's our word today. Justified, acquitted, but it didn't stop. Now watch this. And those that he justified. Now, how many are with me so far? You believe that what what we see in this word, you have been justified by Jesus. Acquitted, made righteous, right? Y'all with me? You believe that he foreknew you? You believe that he predestinated, that always had this plan? Hmm? You believe that that he justified us through this plan? Do you also believe the next part? And whom he justified, those he also has glorified. Oh, goodness, right there. See, this is your Sunday right here. (laughs) Those he also glorified. 
Sunday's here for us. Now, what does this mean, glorified? We see him glorified as he is, so are we. We, we, he, we rose together with him. When people going to start to believe this B-I-B-L-E here, if he, was, if he was glorified, if we were justified, those he justified, he also glorified. Here's, the, here's the, the definition of glorified. That Greek word is doxezo. It means to render glorious. Stand up, guys. I go to churches and they're saying, oh, God, show us your glory. God, we want to see your glory. Oh, we want to see your glory. I say, look in the mirror. You want to see what the glory of God. Look at this justified new creation. Look at this resurrected man. Are y'all here? (laughs) Doesn't this, if you see this, doesn't it just make your heart magnify him without coercion? So I determined, I had it sealed in my mind. I'm going to walk in this glorified state. By that I mean, I'm going to live. That when sin and death once reigned in my life and kept me in that circle of judgment and condemnation and guilt and inability, and though my heart cried, and though my heart tried to live up to this thing, I determined that every day I would just wake up in it because I believed it was done. I believed finally that I will never justify myself, nor is it necessary. My Jesus acquitted me. I will never fear the Father's wrath, anger, or punishment again because I've been acquitted of all of it. When he said he would remove sin as far from the east as to the west, he did. I remember a story of someone that was, a, a man that was a, had a prophetic gift and he was praying for people and, you know, reading their mail and just telling them things that only God could have known. And a woman came up and the, God, and the man says, God tells me that you're, That there's a terrible sin that you've never been able to get past. He said she began to just just cry. She, She realized she was face to face with a man that had this gift and he could see things and she believed she realized he had seen right through her and he knew her darkest secret. And now it's going to be exposed in front of all these people in the service. He saw the shame come upon her. And he said, relax, sister. He said, I asked the Lord to show me what this sin was. And he said, he doesn't remember. (laughs) When he said that he would remove it far from you, he did. When God said their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. He doesn't. You might. But it's time to remember your justification. It's time to remember your righteousness. It's time to remember your resurrection. The deal was sealed in my mind. I will live in glory every day. By that, I mean I will live in the love, the joy, the peace, the faith 
My heart will be open. I will hope all things, believe all things. I determined that I would live in the glory of resurrection life. That nothing would be impossible. And no problem would ever be big enough to stress over. Because church, he has glorified our lives. When you know this, please see this before we say amen here in just a moment. If you can walk out of here. Knowing what this resurrection did for us. That it caused us to be seated with him in spiritual realms, heavenly places. And in that place, we received the spirit. And it was the spirit that began to convince you of these things that are true. This story of resurrection. How many times does that happen? It doesn't. But we see it happening once and we believe it. What we see, the explanation is, is that this once, as the Bible says, this once was for you and I, for all of us. So even as he was raised from the dead, even so we also walk in the realm of newness of life. Let's pray. Father, I ask for the ministry of your Holy Spirit right now to seal the deal. I feel there are hearts that say, I'm crossing that line today. I'm crossing that line. I'm crossing that line to where I believe and I embrace the life that's bigger than all my problems and bigger than all my fears. I'll embrace the life where the love is bigger than all the hate. Where the joy is bigger than all the pain or discomfort. Where the peace is bigger than all the trouble and turmoil. I walk in the glorious life. And I will trust in you by my faith in you, Lord God. I live this life in you. Yet not I, but your glorious resurrection life living in me. We honor you today. We celebrate our resurrection and for that we're eternally grateful for those needing healing that same spirit spirit that brought resurrection that raised Christ from the dead that now has glorified us and lives within us quickens even mortal bodies don't have to wait for, a, for your future spiritual body, even your mortal bodies. Even your mortal bodies. He'll renew your youth like the eagle. He'll overcome and drive out all sickness, disease. For life, life, life has prevailed. Now there might be some things think, that might be trying to tell you that they're, they're stronger than you, they're, they're overtaking you. Maybe it felt like that, but look at it and say, April Fool, it's not happening. Life is happening to me. Life is happening. And I'm putting every Easter egg in the basket of Jesus, trusting completely in that, in Jesus' name. I didn't mean to get Easter-y, but I could get real funny, but you'd get cracked up.